Volume One, Chapter Seventeen of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Seventeen. It is our duty not only to scatter benefits but even to strew flowers for the sake of our fellow travellers in the pathways of this wretched world chesterfield without waiting for sermons and soda-water the day after his escapade arthur had just strength to rise and make his way at an early hour to sophia's dressing-room and in the happiness of meeting his dearly loved sister all his vexations headaches and qualms of conscience were forgotten and now dearest cried he after having expressed a thousandth part of his joy at the reunion and slightly alluded to the intemperance to which he had been most reluctantly compelled by his staunch adherents the faction of the gumptionites tell me candidly how did my poor little wife get on with my mother not perhaps quite so well as if you had been present to bring them together replied miss armytage in a few days no doubt they will understand each other better ah i see how it is i knew how it would be replied arthur in a mortified tone poor marian's excessive timidity has made an unfavourable impression my mother has found out how dreadfully the poor girl stands in awe of her indeed i think not was sophia's involuntary reply the truth is poor marian's shyness amounts to an actual infirmity and the more she mixes in the world the more it seems to grow upon her to hear the sound of her own voice is quite a martyrdom to her sophia had heard of the proverbial blindness of husbands especially towards a young and pretty wife but she was not prepared to find her quick-sighted brother so soon and so completely a dupe she did not strike me as particularly shy was all that candour would allow her to reply poor little soul i assure you i had the greatest difficulty in forcing her into society in paris and when there it was evident that she was on thorns here however i did hope she would feel more at ease as i have never ceased to impress upon her mind my dear sophie how much she has to expect from your protection and kindness and sisterly affection added miss armytage warmly but to say the truth i fear she will have difficulties to encounter with my mother i know it my dear child i know it and so does she and that is the very reason why you see her so overawed with my mother's presence and then that unlucky visit of her father's jack baltimore heavens and earth has he been here what unlucky wind blew him to holywell unlucky indeed for he irrecoverably offended my mother however it was only natural that believing his daughter to be here he should be anxious to see her after so long a separation then most assuredly we will see him here again for he is now aware of our arrival and under all the circumstances i was obliged to refuse marianne the pleasure of a visit to her family as we passed through town we had only time to change horses i hope you will be able to prevent his coming observed sophie earnestly indeed i cannot help thinking that his interview with my mother will secure us from his return nothing could be less encouraging i hope she was not rude to baltimore inquired arthur gravely he is a rough diamond it is true but a sterling one baltimore has excellent qualities you will admit that he has very disagreeable manners 
he is not a fine gentleman i grant you but in former days fine gentlemen were not the fashion at holywell mr baltimore appears so common so uneducated he is no pedant like my mother's darling reginald maudsley but he is quick and has considerable knowledge of the world sophia saw that it was useless to argue with a man so prejudiced as her brother she therefore proposed that they should avoid the danger of keeping mrs armytage waiting for breakfast she won't expect marian to breakfast with us i hope indeed i think she will quite out of the question marian is just now so very delicate that the paris physicians have expressly interdicted early rising let us hope that the yorkshire air will do more for her than the paris physicians was sophia's rejoinder as she accompanied her brother to the breakfast-room the brow of mrs armytage was knit when they entered but the cloud dispersed as soon as she found herself folded in the arms of her son nature prevailed and then arthur's apologies were uttered so frankly and so cordially his inquiries after herself were so warm from the heart the expression of his hopes that nothing would ever more occur to disturb the happy understanding of the family were so genuine that his mother's more generous nature was touched she pressed his hand affectionately and begged that the past might be forgotten during his absence of nearly a year's duration arthur had gained much in personal advantages a more decided manner a more independent frame of mind he was the image of his father but eminently his father's superior in manners and address mrs armytage gazed upon him with proud admiration as he took his accustomed place opposite her at the breakfast-table and was quite ready to forgive mrs arthur the delicacy of constitution real or imaginary which made it indispensable for her to drink her chocolate in her own room so she might for a time dispense with her company in her love for arthur mrs armytage felt indulgent even towards marian but in the course of the day a new cause of offence arose the fatigue of her journey and the agitation produced by her first introduction with her husband's family were said to have operated so severely on her health that arthur after a prolonged visit to marian's apartment requested the family apothecary might be summoned now the family apothecary at holywell implied a very worthy practitioner living at thoroton who never did attend the family the steward's room with its lame deaf blind and intemperate had occasional recourse to his services more especially after the broaching of a new twenty-year-old butt of october or a visit from the rotherhams and their people but to the moderate active vigorous mrs armytage the very notion of his attendance and the arrival of a daily basketful of pink pill-boxes and salmon-coloured draughts was a preventative remedy involuntarily she shut herself into the library when she knew that mr senna was picking his stealthy sick-room-like steps towards her daughter-in-law's apartment and when arthur announced after his departure that his wife was seriously indisposed would require the greatest care and daily attendance mrs armytage became confirmed in her previous opinion of both physician and patient she proposed indeed a visit of inquiry and condolence to the invalid but mr senna's last injunctions had been that she should be suffered to see nobody 
she was to be kept perfectly quiet the remainder of the day and part of the following were of necessity devoted by arthur to the completion of his electioneering business and on his return marian appeared so much worse and was pronounced to be so much worse by her medical attendant that nothing less than sending off an express to doncaster for further advice would satisfy the anxious husband but when the eminent practitioner who attended the summons an authority which not even mrs armytage could venture to impugn pronounced that the sufferer was not only seriously ill but the life of her expected child immediately endangered the lady of holywell could scarcely forgive herself her former unbelief or arthur his remissness in not acquainting her with the real state of the case marian now acquired a wholly new position in her sight the future heir the new arthur the armitage to come formed a link connecting her indissolubly with the family the question henceforth was not to resent her faults or failings but to amend or at least conceal them from the world but of what avail to concert future measures marian's life was said to be actually in peril there was not a more solicitous inquirer after every change of symptoms than mrs armytage youth however will do much and judicious attendance and perfect tranquillity soon restored the invalid to more favourable prospects it was pronounced that with great care and perfect repose she might go on well and now came the worst trial for a second journey in her present weak state was impossible and arthur was under the immediate necessity of attending his duties in parliament thoroton could not forego its claims upon its new member it was plain therefore that marian must the first circumstance that impressed sophia armytage with a really good opinion of her sister-in-law was the gentleness with which she submitted to this thwarting of her wishes eagerly as she desired to visit her family averse as she was from being left alone with that of her husband deeply feelingly as she was grieved by the prospect of parting at such a moment from arthur nothing could evince a more amiably unselfish disposition than the mildness with which she acquiesced in the plans imposed upon her from that time sophie gave herself up without reserve to study the comfort and happiness of her new sister even with mrs armytage marian now began to feel herself in some measure at home lying quietly and silently upon her sofa she could give no further offence and her youth and prettiness under such circumstances failed not to plead in her favour the obligingness of her disposition gradually became manifest to her new relatives and by the time arthur had been gone a week in spite of the poodle and the french maid she was almost a favourite it had in fact been said in a few fluent words and with so careless a smile to marian that as the session was likely to be short scarcely of six weeks longer continuance she had very little to regret in the medical sentence which compelled her to remain in yorkshire while her husband was adjourning at grillon's hotel that she felt it would be indecorous to express a contrary opinion nay when arthur himself joined in the assurance that six weeks would pass as a day she actually tried to believe him 
it was not till he was gone and she could contrive to be quite alone that she allowed a free course to her solitary tears and to her feeling that she was very miserable not perhaps the less miserable that her husband seemed to make so light of their separation the truth was but a truth of too ungracious a nature to disclose to marian that the regret he experienced in parting from his kind-hearted and loving little wife was almost counterbalanced by his satisfaction at any pretext for prolonging her separation from the robsey tribe and the jackishness of her father's establishment he fancied too that thus left alone with his family they would insensibly amalgamate that marian would learn to respect his mother and love his sister as he himself loved and respected them while marian's better qualities could not fail to secure their affections in return perhaps too the occupation afforded by his new duties and a something of attraction in the prospect of one more bachelor spring at a london hotel tended to facilitate the sacrifice of marian's society he did not consider and even marian herself was at first scarcely aware how wearily and slowly passed the days every hour of which is devoted to an especial and distant object that third week in june on which it was humbly hoped by the denizens of his gracious majesty's lower house that their patriotic labours would be ended by the merciful interposition of the king engrossed every thought of her mind till then all must be a blank she still trembled when in the presence of mrs armytage still entertained a reverential feeling for sophia as towards the lioness's whelp and with the heart-sickness of discontent began to find even mademoiselle celestine and mouton importunate and insupportable the neighbourhood too the hospitable neighbourhood was just then completely broken up no one remaining but the maranhams who were rare visitors and the wemmersleys who were unwelcome ones at holywell while marian's feebleness prevented her from enjoying any active country diversion a slow drive with mrs armytage in her pony-chair round the park or a dull saunter with sophia round the still leafless shrubberies was her utmost stretch of exercise it was a backward spring the scene was cheerless and marian could not conceal her regrets for the cheerfulness and movement of paris it was so very provoking to be obliged to come away just as the tuileries were coming into beauty she exclaimed one day to sophia having returned from a country airing along the high road where nothing but milestones and market carts were visible and unaware that mrs armytage was still in the room the climate of paris is certainly a fortnight earlier than that of london three weeks than that of chilly yorkshire i assure you lady arabella and i had begun to sit out of doors before i left paris and i was longing to see the orange trees brought out and the lilacs and chestnuts in bloom but you will see lilacs and chestnuts in bloom at holywell and when an orangery is placed in the cedar garden i assure you it makes a very respectable appearance yes for yorkshire and in the month of july when one has grown tired of looking at green trees but at best so very inferior to those fine old bourbon trees four hundred years old with the gay groups sitting chatting and flirting round them and all the world full of life and animation 
the scene possessed the charm of novelty to you replied the sober sophia rely upon it you would soon have been tired of paris had you remained there longer oh no indeed it is impossible to grow tired of paris lady arabella has been there fifteen years and likes it better every season she says it is the post-house where all europe changes horses and that in the course of a year or two you see the whole round of your acquaintance in the pleasantest way for they seldom stay long enough for one to become bored by them miss armytage aware of her mother's insurmountable objection to the word bored now became aware by a certain impatient movement at the further end of the room that the rigid purist was present she strove to change the turn of conversation but marian would not be checked and then in paris one has so much more real comfort with so much less fuss and ceremony instead of sitting down to a stately dinner with half a dozen servants to stare you out of countenance you dine en cabinet at some cafe the rocher or the frais provençaux twice as well and at the hour you like after which instead of boring yourself with a dull evening at home you scramble to one of the ten theatres with the certainty of being amused i fancy that the society of paris did not frequent the cafés and the petit spectacle said sophia oh i don't know lady arabella used to go to them all and i conclude she knows what is proper besides the english are privileged and do all sorts of things they are always getting caricatured as la famille anglaise there was one came out of lady arabella eating slices of melon on horseback at tortoni's door that would have made you die with laughing when spalding sent it to her pour ses étrennes on new year's day sophia perceived with delight that her mother had now quitted the room such was mrs armytage's progress in the art of toleration towards marian's little failings resolved not to be more disgusted with her than she could help she now closed her eyes or ears or absented herself when she found that mrs arthur's want of tact was endangering her forbearance for marian was a very important object in her eyes the epoch to which the young wife looked forward as destined to reunite her with arthur was a moment of no less auspicious promise to mrs armytage as likely to afford an heir to the vast estates of holywell to exclude reginald maudsley at once and for ever she recalled to mind every preparative to which the expected birth of her own arthur had formerly given rise the bonfires on holywell hill the beacon on holywell tower the ox roasted whole in holywell close the labouring families feasted at holywell cross and secretly promised herself that all this parade should be revived for the arrival of the new heir the whole neighbourhood should see that she experienced no mortification in the alliance formed by her son ale should be brewed and acres of oaks planted for the future benefit of her children's children and the glory of holywell marian was no longer the daughter of jack baltimore she was the wife of arthur maudsley armytage of holywell she would meet the sneers of the wemmersleys with a smile and defy even the impertinence of her county rival the insolent duchess of spalding a proposed intimacy with whom was after all 
one of the worst offences of her daughter-in-law in the eyes of mrs armytage end of volume one chapter seventeen